0: satan club coming to a school near you well uh we're gonna talk all about it today see what happened in pennsylvania just uh just a few minutes away from my own house here in ohio uh allowing federal court allows satan club in school but uh but we can't preach the name of jesus so what is going on in our world we're gonna talk all about it right now here we go Okay, well, we're uh, back in action here and uh, getting ready to talk about something that's going on here. But uh, to do that, I invited a friend into studio with me today. His name is Jed Hill. He is an evangelist, pastor. Here he is at uh, Bridge of Hope, Bridge of Hope Church in Boardman, Ohio. So, so. Uh, Jed, yeah. welcome to the studio.
1: Always oh, great to be here tonight.
0: Thanks for me. Love it, love it, love it! Uh, so just uh, excited that you're here. Jed uh, actually goes into schools, and uh, you know shares his testimony a little bit about what God has done in his life. Um, I got to see Jed preach this morning at awesome, uh, at I keep wanting to say Calvary at Bridge of Hope. <laughs> that was yeah. that was what it used to be back in the day. But uh, yeah, I excited to have you here. And so um, so recently. <sighs> Oh my goodness! I'm just going to read the headline for you, and then discuss because this is a this is an area of passion for me. Uh, I went through the public school system here in Ohio. I actually went through the Boardman Boardman High School, and uh, that's that's where your church is. A and so I, I've got mixed emotions about it because I think what was uh, some of the problems back in our day is to has today um, gone into full blown. Uh, meltdown mode I mean it's like p- kids are melting down um, the, the crazy ideologies and different things that we have to accommodate are just they're just off the charts I mean it's it's just nuts what's going on culturally and it's not even uh, it's not even just a public school issue uh, but it's it's a cultural issue so we see sort of a, a cultural implosion uh, happening uh, an identity crisis I know use the word identity crisis. Uh, earlier when we were talking, but, um, but, but the way this impacts this, the public school system specifically as a parent of a teenager, uh, someone who my, my son is going into high school in a few months here in, in September, he's going to start high school as a freshman. Um, the things that are happening in quote, public education today are, uh, are just unbelievable to me. Uh, I know that we're from the same generation. I think you're forty, right? Be 40. Okay. Yeah. If you, you're you're, not, on, a, you're, not, it you're not a you're not a woman, so I can don't push I can, it over I yet, can, so. bro. I, I'm forty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be forty-five. I will be will forty-five. Be. I'm not forty-five on. yet. In June, I'll be forty-five. So uh, you know, so I, th- I think our generation. One of the things that's amazing to me when I see what's happening today is that our generation, Jed, is allowing this to happen. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like we, I feel like you know, I I consider myself a child of the '80s. Yeah, You know, back when like your parents could throw you in, in the front seat and not put a seatbelt on you right. and drive somewhere. And you know, I'm sure there were a lot of deaths because of that, but I kind of feel like we were a little tougher than the generation that's, you know, growing up today, yeah. mentally, emotionally. Um, and it amazes me that our generation is allowing this to happen today. You know,
1: it really is. We live in this like coddled Christianity yeah. right now in this coddled, um, mm. I don't, we can't do anything to harm them. Yeah. We want them to feel so good about themselves. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and so we're literally raising them to, to to not feel pain. We don't want them to feel this. We don't want them to feel that. And they're coming up, and then when they actually do feel the pain, they don't know how to act. They don't know how to respond. They don't know what their identity is. And they're saying, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a cat. I'm, I'm Right. <laughs> like, yeah. because they've never been through the pain. People are too scared to... And I'm not saying put your hands on people by no
0: means. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to to correct them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's the word people don't want to hear today is correction. Um, (sighs) Yeah. People don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear that they could be wrong. Um, And and from a pastoral perspective, I think it it comes into conflict with the God of the Bible because the God of the Bible— uh, he requires holiness from us and and now you know I heard your your sermon this morning in church and you're preaching the word about how God heals us how uh, how the the man how Matt who the, the man on the mat named Matt mm-hmm. uh, was lowered down by his four friends into uh, into the presence of Jesus who healed him he first healed him on the inside uh, and then and then gave him the ability to walk and carry his mat uh, but God has to do a healing in us yeah. and, and, and God has to make us holy. I think that's why God gives us the Holy spirit. It's evidence that God has changed us as we start to become more holy. It doesn't mean we're perfect, right. but.
1: And you even look at that story. I mean, if it's so powerful that four friends, if four friends can carry you and get you healed, that's also means that four friends can keep you paralyzed. Yeah.
0: Ooh, amen. And
1: it's like, who are you surrounding yourself around with? You yeah. know, it's like people don't believe if you, you know, I, iron sharpens iron the bible says simple yeah. as that." and I, I just i refuse to be one of those friends or to hang around people like that any longer that are going to keep me paralyzed keep me from everything god has for me yeah and it's um i, I just i, I want to encourage and equip kids you know that's what i yeah. can do every week amen but uh the name of jesus yeah is so powerful yeah that they had to take
0: mm, I, I love that oh and you, it makes you recognize the spiritual element of this where is this coming from why can we not say the name of jesus yeah why jesus 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 we're gonna say it youtube might try to block us you know i mean we might get censored we might get demonetized at some point i think christian voices are being persecuted in our own culture which was founded on christian principles they're being censored by big tech now we can push the LGBT agenda on our kids. I can sit here and, and I can I can have on my own television in my own home. I can have a gay pride flag. I don't know at what point in history Noah's rainbow became the symbol of an immoral ideology. I, I don't know, right. but but I can have that smashed in my face by YouTube, by Facebook, uh, by people who want to put it as as their little. Um, uh, they put it around their profile picture and stuff like that on social media. But I can't identify with the person of Christ. I mean, you know, like I do, the solution to the identity crisis is realizing that we are identified with the person of Jesus. By, baptized, by baptism, we are, we are identifying with Christ in death. The old us is dead. And the new us is resurrected like to new life. 17. So so, so you, you experienced your own resurrection. I, I don't want to cut you off, but tell us a little bit about your story. And and also, if you want to throw in there, uh, talk about how you uh, auditioned for Superman, Man of Steel. Oh, come
1: on. <laughs> you know, my whole life, I had an identity crisis. You know what I mean? And I believe in order to know who you are, you have to know who you're not. And my whole life, I... I was searching for the approval of my own father, searching for the approval with people. Don't get me wrong. Words of affirmation are great. Someone is saying they're proud of you. Yeah. It sounds great. But at a very young age, you know, I I was molested as a young kid. I was, so I had a problem, you know what I mean? And I had a problem, like if if God is so good, how could he allow this to happen? So I went away. And, um, you know, I I got my identity identity rooted in the game of football. And, um, you know, I, I was good at it. And uh, by the time I was a sophomore in high school, it was 36 scholarship offers from D1 schools um, all around the country. And, uh, you know, I chose to go to Penn State University. We are Penn State. Mm, all right. And, uh, <laughs> so I played, you know, four years there. We won two Big Ten championships. And, you know, my senior year came up. Wow. And uh, it was the fourth game of the season against Iowa. I had full ambitions of making the NFL. And um, one play, my own, my own teammate's helmet hit my ankle. Wow. And um, it was on kickoff, and it was, you know how they tell you, don't look down? Yeah. And then I looked down, and the bottom of my my foot was literally touching my shin. So I dislocated my ankle. I tore the tendon in my ankle, broke the tibia, fibula, compound fracture. And uh, it was a nine-month rehab. Yeah. And, you know, in those moments, you're even though I didn't believe in God, I was the type that would blame God for everything, but not praise him for anything. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, but in that moment, I thought my life was over. I didn't know what to do next. You know, my identity drives behavior, right? And I, I identified as a football player and that was the only thing I knew. And, um, at the time my agent in football, you know, I got tossed around a little bit, never made a team and coming in through, uh, his brother was a, agent for modeling and acting and he was like hey listen there's this audition for GNC you literally fit the category
0: read this dude you like, look like Superman
1: yeah <laughs> it was like it, I went down The they're like okay six foot three you know 230 pounds between 220 230 pounds brown hair but I was like okay they're they're literally breeding my description yeah yeah so I go in for the audition and uh, they're like hey we don't need a call back for it you booked a job I signed a year-long contract with GNC flew around the United States I was their spokesmodel on billboards and doing this different thing and then uh Dick Sporting Goods and JCPenney's and um and Macy's all picked me up.
0: So I was That's there. incredible, man.
1: Yeah, so um and then, you know, the modeling started taking off. I've been on, you know, the cover of Men's Health and Men's Fairness. And,
0: and you almost almost got picked up for Man of Steel.
1: I did. So, yeah, 2013, <laughs> man. Um, I get an audition for the Man of
0: Steel movie. Henry Cavill.
1: Yeah. Um, and they, uh, 126 of us went in for the uh, initial audition. Yeah. And uh, they call back five, and I'm one of the five. I'm like, I, I knew I was going to get this role. This it. They hired us acting coaches and, uh remember meeting with the acting coaches and then one night i left the acting coach and uh went back was driving on my motorcycle and uh, wow got a motorcycle accident going a little over 60 miles an hour someone ran a red light in front of me and uh woke up in the hospital a couple days later um shattered jaw
0: holy cow
1: it was it was really bad once again blaming god and um it started me on this yeah. for over five years. I was a right, right. completely self-esteem drug addict every yeah. single day.
0: Yeah. I, now how I found out about you is my son who you spoke at my son's school. Yes. And, uh, he, he you know, came up, I guess, and talked to you afterwards and said, Hey, you got to come on my dad's podcast. And then I came home and, uh, his buddies who, you know, I talked to all the time. They always, they're wearing their pastor, AJ merch all the time to school. And he says, um, uh, they're all like, hey, you. You got to get Jed on your on your podcast, man. And Jake's talking about how you were almost Superman and yeah, uh, this and that and uh, and and you did a backflip off the stage. So so explain that. Explain I, the backflip. I get holy ex- cow, man. So
1: I could still. Uh, Why didn't you
0: do one when you were preaching your sermon this morning?
1: You know, I I decided to do a toe touch and stuff this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta didn't want to show off. Yeah, my jeans were too tight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I really. I get excited for I'm very passionate about what I get to do. You know, they say a wise man learns from their own mistakes, but a wiser person learns from the mistakes of others. Yeah. And I get to share some of my mistakes with this younger generation and, and hopefully they're the wiser for it. So they don't have to repeat what uh what I've done, because if I would have known what I know now, yeah. I would not have been a drug addict. I would not not saying I wouldn't see I wouldn't choose my chains but I wouldn't change them.
0: Yeah. Right. Because- well, I think that's a, where we're all at. You Come know? on.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we ended up doing a backflip off the stage because at that this generation is very visual. They want to yeah. see, they want to, you've got to be very captivating and keep their attention. I was speaking to over, I don't know, 900 students. It was like ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th over at Poland. So to keep their attention for, for an you hour gotta, and half,
0: I was a youth pastor for 10 years, man. Yeah. You
1: already know. So it was <laughs> very visual and, uh, but it, it captivated them. And, yeah. yeah was, no,
0: that's cool, man. I love it. I love it. And it's great seeing believers be in the public school system. So, Federal judge orders Pennsylvania School District to allow after-school Satan Club. Now, I'm just reading this uh, news story here. It says, Pennsylvania's Saucon, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Forgive me if you live there or near there. Uh, School District must allow the Satanic Temple to TST, almost sounds like an STD, TST, to use school facilities as its after-school Satan Club as courts continue to examine a civil rights lawsuit filed by the ACLU. Oh, thank God for the ACLU of Pennsylvania. In late March, according to a Monday ruling from a federal judge, the ruling follows the lawsuit which alleged the district allowed the club to use school facilities but later rescinded permission, citing a policy requiring that the use of such facilities should not, quote, interfere with the educational program of the school's, uh, the group alleged the walk back violated free speech clause of the first amendment and uh, it says here, John Gallagher, a federal judge in the U S district court of the Eastern district of Pennsylvania issued a preliminary injunction requiring the district continue to give the afterschool Satan club the right to use its facilities. When confronted with a challenge to free speech, the government's, this is a quote from him, the government's first instinct must be to forward expression rather than quash it. Maybe that's a typo, should say squash it, quash it. I don't know if quash is a word. Particularly when the content is controversial or inconvenient. Nothing less is consistent with the expressed purpose of American government. Interesting, they're talking about the purpose of American government to secure the core innate rights of its people the ruling red okay so uh this this i really gets me because i think it's indicative not not because i am in any way affected by this particular court case i live far away from there Uh, but it gets me because it's indicative it's symptomatic of something bigger that we see happening in culture today. And I know you as somebody who goes into the public school system and you're going into another one this week to speak to a bunch of kids, which I think is fantastic. Um, I I myself have served on the faith advisory board, uh, in our local school here with the superintendent. And one thing that stuck with me in our meetings was something that he's said, um, that when we, went to, when we went to pray, went to close the meeting, he says, I can't close us in prayer, he says, but one of you can. And, and so what I thought to myself when that happened was, can't or won't. Ooh. Can't or won't. Because I think a lot of us think that we can't do something. But the truth of the matter is, we're making our own choices as to what we will and won't do. Yeah. Now, when you read the Bible, and I know you know this, Jed, I'm preaching to the choir, you see people who tore down idols in a, in a community. And I'm thinking of Gideon. He goes out in the middle of the night and he tears down this big idol. Um, you see Jesus, basically every Old Testament prophet was killed. I mean, every one of them. All the apostles were killed. Um, because they preached against this idolatry in Israel. Uh, the preeminent figure was Jesus. He was the, the last final prophet to come And No offense, Muhammad. <laughs> he was... <the laughs> uh, take offense, please. Um, he was, he was the, the final, the one that it all culminated. The Old Testament culminated in the coming of Christ. And they hated him so much that they killed him, that they called for his crucifixion. And so when I think about our, our culture today... You know, being somebody who, um, you know, I'm I'm a grown man. I don't want to make it sound like the 80s were this rough time in history, you know, rougher than it is today, right? But, you know, I'm probably somewhat a product of my time. Um, You you can watch Stranger Things and see how rough it was back in the 80s. But I, I just feel like our culture, there's no other way to say this, Jed. I feel like our culture has become powder puff. Oh, yeah. Coddled. It's it's just become coddled and powder puff. And the thing is, like, I, I'm a pastor, so I understand you. you run the risk when you say these kinds of things. And, you know, we're challenging people to stand up to ungodliness. But there are rules in our culture, rules, rules that discourage us from doing that. There's rules. I mean, somebody might lose their job in a public school system. That's... Uh, more inclined to promote uh, Juneteenth or uh, gender ideology or something else than to promote and say yeah openly the name of Jesus. Well, like Jesus. you said
1: as a key point, can't or won't. So I've been in schools where they have allowed me to pray. Wow, and then I've been in schools have been totally. Absolutely not. But yet they introduced me as Pastor Jed to the school. Yeah, yeah. So they, they already know a little bit what I'm about. Right, right. But I found a way through this. I asked to stay during the lunch periods. And so during the lunch periods, when I'm, when we have a little one-on-ones where I'm sitting at the kids, with, we've been able to lead over 17 kids to Christ just this year alone by sitting at the lunch periods.
0: Wow. And, and Holy we're, cow.
1: We're able to talk about Jesus at the lunch periods, but not at the big... Not at the gathering, not at the, yeah, 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 But at the same mm-hmm. time, some schools do and some schools don't. So that comes to the factor: you can't or you won't.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's,
1: they don't I, want the blowback from it.
0: Yeah, and, and and a little history lesson about our country: it wasn't about; it was never about freedom from religion, freedom of religion. You know, that's that's one of the uh, that's one of our rights as an American citizens. But the idea of separation of church and state was actually only mentioned in a letter by Thomas Jefferson. Um, and and the, the thought process back then, so in, in other words, the, the idea of separation of church and state isn't in the Constitution. It's not in the Bill of Rights. It's not in the Declaration of Independence. Um, but, but the idea was coming out of the religious wars of Europe, which were a bunch of Christian people killing each other for a couple hundred years, The idea was that the American government wouldn't show favoritism to Presbyterians or to Baptists or to Catholics or to Episcopals, that there wouldn't be a state-sponsored Christian denomination. But the the founders of our country very much considered this to be a Christian nation. And so what's happened today is I think—it's interesting. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day who's a a student of history like myself— And we were wondering, like, would the founders have – would they have framed things differently if they would have foreseen some of the issues that we're having today? And the way the enemy has taken some of those – like a wedge, and he's just blown a hole wide open in our culture, uh, preventing people from preaching the name of Jesus in public schools or in government or, you know, back – you know, back in my day, it was there was these big issues happening where they were removing this big monument of the Ten Commandments from this courthouse in Alabama. And it was this big national news thing in, in which it shouldn't have been removed for, for quote, religious reasons, because um, I don't know if you, you realize this, but back in the 1800s, the Supreme Court of the United States did a study. It was a 10 year study. So this is an official study of our government, of the government and its founding. It was a 10-year study back in the 1800s, about 100 years after the country's founding. And they decided after that 10-year study that at its founding, America was a Christian nation, right? Now, if our founders who considered themselves to be Christian people, many of whom considered America and the American government to be paving the way for uh, the kingdom of God— and for Christianity to have influence in the world, if they would have seen some of the stuff that's happening today, where truth is, is being flipped on its head, would they have, you know, ch- would they have openly acknowledged Jesus in the Constitution, in the Declaration of Independence? I mean, I, I, I tend to think they would have. There's probably people who would disagree with me. But regardless of whether they would have or wouldn't have, I see that as a flaw in our country. Yeah. I see that as a flaw. I, and am I saying that they were flawed? No, not necessarily, because I don't know that they could have anticipated kids were going to be barking like dogs today in school. I, I don't know that they could have anticipated that. I, who Who would? Who, who? I would have anticipated that 10 years ago, we Jed. heard the term of Holy cow. over in your grave? Yeah, That's yeah. That's what they
1: would be doing right now. Right, right. Like literally sick. I mean, I could imagine the different type they would have been copy and pasting and deleting and putting the- <laughs> yeah.
0: whoa, whoa whoa we better we better put jesus back in there Right? Oh, i didn't know that be- was gonna happen you have to put a litter box in the bathroom now <laughs> yeah.
1: <on high> <laughs> they're doing that in canada i'm like are you kidding me they have a litter box in yeah. there and the there's the, the the janitor quit because they said that that was part of their job to clean the litter box and they wouldn't do it. So they quit. And this is over in Canada. I know one of the pastors over there, we just spoke at a revival last, last fall and he was telling me about this. I'm like, he's like, this is five minutes from my house.
0: I'm like, so it it is, it's close to home. I mean, people can't assume this isn't going to, it's not going to affect you in your community anymore. I mean, even here in Ohio, we're, we're, we're a more conservative state compared to some of the other states that are out there. Uh, but there is this gender ideology that I think the um, the influence of media today, of technology, big tech, they've made these issues. They've brought them into our living room. They, I, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here with my son watching TV, and I see I can't watch a commercial right. from you know, it might be from Amazon or it might be a Netflix show where you just turn on the television, you got two guys kissing, you know. It's normal now. Yeah, yeah. I think it was last year there was a gay Santa commercial yeah. from Sweden or something talking about the, the Swedish, I don't know if it was Sweden or Switzerland. I, who, who cares? I, but honestly, isn't it crazy? Even, unreal.
1: Even us Christians.
0: Yeah. I've seen it we're so afraid. much.
1: We're afraid. I've seen it so much that it does. It used to make me so sick. Yeah. Now it's just Oh, like, yeah. We're, we're
0: desensitized. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, desensitized. Yeah, desensi- and that's all part of, I, I think if I were the devil, and we've all heard, heard the- Paul Harvey uh uh clip where he's he's talking fifty years ago, uh, what the devil will do. It's it's I mean, it's almost like prophetic the stuff that yeah. he's, he's radio guy, famous radio guy from back in the day. If I'm the devil, I'm gonna call good evil and evil good. And he goes on this this long, let's this five minute clip that every people have played because it's prophetic yeah. for what's happened in our lifetime to this country. Um and it as a parent, it really concerns me that our kids won't have that our younger generation will be left with nothing because this culture is already collapsing in on itself i mean i mean if if you look at the the identity crisis what what is an identity crisis but uh, the the soul of a human being collapsing in on itself, Mm. the psychology of a human being collapsing in on itself. And so we see this happening on a cultural level. What's the answer to find our identity in Jesus? What's the answer to have God back in our school systems? What's the answer to call upon the name of the Lord as a Mm. government to call upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. Why can't our, our presidents and why can't our congressmen beg jesus by name to be in session with them why can't they
1: you know you saw over was it, three months ago where over um 80 000 people whenever we saw the buffalo bills player get paralyzed yeah yeah you can't tell me we can't pray on tv espn they, yep i saw that the clip name of jesus right. on there when they got so desperate yeah they go to jesus yeah and it's like and then now you're saying we're gonna take religion out, but you wanna put this devil worship in school because yeah. you're gonna tell me that's not a religion.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So it's it's you know, what you see happening today, I think is the fruit of back in our day it was political correctness. And and in my thinking, I think I was I was taken captive to it because we're taught to love our country. We love our founders, and I do. I teach my son about history, true history, not the revisionist history the kids are being taught today about how everybody was bad and everybody was a racist. Like the the truth of the matter is that to not take a stand for Jesus is to state to take a stand against him. Yeah. And and I think that's that is what that's what this idea of political correctness in our generation opened the door for today, where you see examples of the Satan club in the school system. but we can't mention the name of Jesus. You, you can't and I just I want you to think about this. if you're listening to this right now, I want you to think about this, OK, Jed, you go into a public school system. okay? I mean, the, the, the majority. Of the public in our community is—they're not satanic, they're not Jewish, they're—they're not not Muslim. They're Christians. They're—they're people who believe in Jesus or identify themselves with the person of Christ. But you can't openly, openly proclaim Christ or profess Christ in an open gathering. And this is indicative of the quote public school system. My argument is that the public school system isn't public. It's not, it's, it's, uh, it's actually very subjective. It's taken, it's taken a side, it's taken a position towards certain causes toward these cultural bullies of the day who, uh, will try to intimidate people into, uh, into doing their bidding with our kids in Hollywood because people will, they'll be threatened with job loss What did the early church do when they were threatened? What did they do? I know. I know you read your Bible. What did they do? Prayed. Yeah. Yeah. They they prayed. Right. Right. Peter was put into prison. They prayed. Yeah.
1: Earnestly, the Bible says. Yeah. That means, and they prayed entirely. Yeah. We can't do that anymore. We can't. We our founding fathers, the foundation they laid for us. All the blocks are getting pulled out. When you pull the foundation block out, it crumbles. I'm, it's going to be a crumbling. The Bible says there's going to be a great falling away.
0: Yeah,
1: But it doesn't say that there won't be a coming back. Yeah. I believe the coming back is up to you and I.
0: That is a good point. And I think maybe that's a good place to go with this because uh, the Bible always preaches hope. Um, one of the things I love about the Psalms is David will he'll plunge into the depths of despair mm. But then God brings him out of it, and he's praising the Lord by the end of it, no matter what it is. Uh, he, he's talking about how, uh, how God's rescued him in the past and how God's brought him out of these things. So having said all of that, uh, I, I do want to encourage you, if you are a part of this world, if you take ownership over this community that I live in or your own community, maybe you live in another part of the country, I want to encourage you, church, to go in the strength that you have go in the strength that you have he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world don't be intimidated by their threats you know you know one of the things that the early church prayed for right when they came out of prison in acts chapter 4 was for boldness ironically come on their lives were threatened and they said they said god make us more bold and you know what you know what the bible says happened the place where they were at was shaken more. They prayed for signs and wonders. They prayed that God would move through them with power. So that is our prayer. Yeah. That is our prayer. Holy Spirit, we pray, God, in Jesus' name. We just want to pray over our communities. We want to pray over our world. We want to pray over our country, God, because we love this country. We don't want you to destroy this country. We don't want our communities to to run rampant with crime and violence. We want to turn to the name of the Lord. So we pray that you would perform signs and wonders. And those who set themselves against you, Lord God, that you would thwart their every scheme, that you would complicate every intent that they set themselves out against you and against your goodness, Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for the same things that they prayed for.
1: Yeah, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke boldly. We gotta be bold. Yeah, if you if you proclaim and you you know Jesus your personal Savior, you gotta be bold. That's right. We're too worried about it. And so many times we see so many people, like even this morning it was so great to see nine salvations. It was great, but we're forgetting that Jesus doesn't want a, just an invitation; He wants an habitation. He wants to live inside you and dwell in you. And he does that. Then you're filled. And then you'll speak boldly to yeah. him. We We want to invite him in for an invitation to say, okay, God, peace. And then I got to go about my way <laughs> through the week. And then next Sunday, maybe I'll invite you back in. Yeah. But it's like, listen. He's like, I want to dwell in you, yeah. and when I dwell in you, I, you'll, I'll manifest myself. Too often, we we're sitting here trying to manufacture God, and God's saying, "If you stop manufacturing me and just manifest me, I'll pour out by myself." That's spirit. good, man. I like then that. We'll
0: talk boldly. <laughs> good. Ma- ma- manifest versus manufacture. I like that. That was that was a neat little illustration you did today with a door. By the way, he, at a church, he took a door. You know, and an actual door, and he set it up there, because Jesus said, I'm the door. Yeah. Th- th- go ahead.
1: I literally went upstairs it. this morning, and it, we were, I was walking through my office, and they had just put a new door on. So the old door to my office was sitting So you the took hallway. it off. Yeah, I literally <laughs> just ripped it off. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to use this door today. And it was had yeah. a window, so I wasn't sure how I was going to use the window part, but I mean, God, God, you act like God can't see through a door. Right? He says, "I am the door." Which yeah. means, if He's the door, it means your school's not the door. Your, but your teachers in school aren't the door. The government's not the
0: door. No, Jesus, Jesus,
1: He, he al- is. The I love door. that. And you know, He's, and that's what Revelations three twenty hits so hard.
0: Yeah, He's just knocking. Yeah, in.
1: He's gonna yeah. let me in.
0: And so you know, so maybe that's one of those, one of those things. that's kind of like a theme for today's discussion. Can't or won't? Will you open the door? Because what you're not changing, you're choosing. Yeah. And and, and so now now take this and, and apply it to our school systems, our public school systems. Do we want Jesus in mm. our public school system? So they're inviting you in. So that's good. They are. But but let's take it a step further. If if you're an administrator, if you're a superintendent. If you're a teacher, if you're a parent, what happens in our school system? Satan clubs, uh, gender ideology, people running around with rainbow flags or litter boxes. We allow it to happen. We, as people, say that's okay to do. You know, somebody doesn't just come in my house and do whatever they want to do. And so we have a responsibility. This goes all the way back to the garden. This goes back to when God gave Adam and Eve a mandate. They call it the cultural mandate in theology. That's what they call it. It's it's when God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And then in Acts or in Genesis chapter two, he kind of rephrases and he says to cultivate the land. The word cultivate is where we get the word culture. So God gives mankind this responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so, so, Everywhere we go, we have this responsibility to give the image of God, to spread the image of God, the glory of God everywhere we go. That's what Matthew 5, 6 is all about. He calls us, you and me, Mm. believers, the
1: salt and light of the world. He doesn't say that as a compliment. He says it as a responsibility. We're responsible to preserve, salt's preserved. Mm. We're, We're responsible to preserve God and manifest him. We're responsible to bring light into the public schools, light into the dark places. Yeah. It's you and I. It's our responsibility, but yet we're not wanting to take account for it. Yeah. We want to tippy-toe around everything, walk on eggshells. Ooh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Ooh, I don't want to hurt their... No. God said, you filled the whole yep. You're
0: going to speak mm. boldly. Yeah. Amen. And, and we show, because we're following the devil's rules, mm. we're showing preference to him, and we're fighting all the wrong battles. We're, we're fighting a battle culturally where we're saying, we need to let this... Minority group, the Satan club have its, its day in our school system, but we need to tiptoe around other things. If there is a rule that makes it difficult to preach the gospel in your institution, whatever it is, if it's a school, if it's the government, if it's an organization, if it's Starbucks, you know, if pagans are us, whatever, whatever it is, then that is an ungodly system that needs horn down, if we don't tear it down as a people, if we don't share, show responsibility to the cultural mandate that God gave us in the beginning, because this, this extends to us as children of Adam. And, and then now we're children of God through Christ his great commission. You made that connection there. He called us to be the salt of the earth. And so I think that's what Jesus was doing was now he's telling us, go be fruitful and multiply, disciple the nations in his great commission. Right? So he's telling us to go do this. Or are we shirking our responsibility? God's knocking at the door. Are we going to let him in? Hmm. Are you going to let Jesus into your school system? Are you going to, will you it's, it's not, can you, You can do whatever you want. And this is where I think the early church, I'm sorry, Jed, I'm I'm just preaching here, man. I'm I'm fired up. (laughs) This is where the early church, I I mean, we we have no right to say anything today. We're afraid of losing our jobs. We're afraid something's going to happen to our marriage or our kids or this. It will all be taken away if we don't exercise our responsibility to preach Jesus to all creation. It'll all be taken away. And that one thing that we're trying to protect our investment fund, our job, our uh, monetization, whatever it is, it'll all be taken away. If we don't exercise, if we don't exercise our responsibility To create a godly culture, a godly environment as a people that makes the way safe for the gospel. That's what America originally was. Was it perfect? No. Lots of flaws. Lots of warts. But that's what it originally was. And that's what we've walked completely away from. We've turned our back on that. And God will turn his back on us if we do that. But if we repent.
1: Turn away from.
0: If we repent. Yeah. God will forgive God will heal. And, and this is where the early church, I think, had one over on us because they they lost everything for the gospel. They lost it all. They lost their possessions. They were thrown in jail. They lost their lives. What the heck? What are you afraid of today? Are you afraid of what your community is going to think of you if you preach Jesus? If you really stand up to your school board? Are you afraid of what somebody's going to think? If you say, no, I'm sorry, it's wrong to practice homosexuality and to push it on our kids, it's wrong. If you put that on Facebook. Oh, you'll get banned. You'll get banned. That's why it's so
1: important. I can't tell parents enough. You have to tell your students, you have to tell your sons and your daughters who they are in Christ. Because if you don't, the public school will, then they'll never know who they are. Yep. identity drives behavior. If they don't know who they are, they're going to be all confused. They're going to be all discombobled. They don't know what to do, what to think. And then when someone else tells them, Hey, I think you're this, they're like, Oh, maybe I am because our own
0: parents haven't told us who we are. Yeah. And I think honestly, a lot of the parents don't know who they are. It's it, you know, true. So it's, it's the, the, the bottom line is come to know Christ, yeah. open the door to Christ in your life, open the door to Christ in your community. And you will see, this is the carrot of hope you will see God's transformation. You will. You will see God move in your school if you're willing to be a Gideon. Mm. If you are willing to preach like Paul preached, God's going to, he's going to rejuvenate your faith and he's going to transform the lives of people around you. You know, you preach this today that, 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 Someone else's blessing is dependent on your obedience. Yeah. I, I don't know if we realize it. Let's look at our culture and say, hey, look at all the look at all the insane stuff that is going on today. And how about how about we start to take responsibility for that ourselves? How about it? It's my fault. Mm-hmm. It's my fault. It's your fault. Confess. It's our fault as a community that this is. It's our fault. But here's the thing is if we turn to the Lord God will heal us. He will. And God will do a miracle. He so He
1: will heal, he will deliver. And you look real quick, you talk yeah. about the school, which is really cool and you might like this. So I go to school and I, I speak to hundreds and hundreds of kids every week. Um but I always refer back to the Bible. Hey, I've been reading this book. Mm. And I say, "Hey, we have the power of life and death in our tongue." And I I say, a, "You know, a man with no vision is dead." And I speak all these verses. I, but don't you know? where the word of God is planted, it will not grow void. Mm. So going in there, planting these seeds and doing that, I know, listen, the Bible says that the, the, the laborers are few. Yeah. The harvest is ready, but where are our laborers at? Yep. So it's, it's, I am just, I want to encourage people out there watching right now that don't put the responsibility on someone
0: else. Mm. It's your responsibility. I love that. I love that. You preach it. You, Mm. you go be the preacher. Yeah. Right. I mean, some people think it's not my job to preach. It's just my. Do- Listen, it's always your job to. You're preaching in one way, or the other. You're preaching through your actions. You're preaching mm-hmm. through what you say. You're preaching sometimes through what you don't do. Through the, the you know, there's. Uh, sometimes they talk about sins of commission and sins of omission. Oh, and omission is something you don't do. There's things that we don't do that are sins. Come on. You know. So. So what can you do? Preach, preach the gospel. I I love the way, I love the way Mark's great commission, Mark's version of the great commission says it in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he says, preach the gospel to, to all creation or some translations say to every creature, preach it. Yes. Preach the gospel. Every creature. Brother, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let you take us home. Say a word of prayer if there's anything you want to close with. Any yeah, any word you want to close with, but then do close us with a word of prayer. Uh, close close us with a word of prayer that uh, that brings God's power yeah. into our communities, into our schools for our for the sake of our young people. Because I, I think really that's the focus of of conversation today. I know that that topic is near and dear to your heart. Um, you, you know, you're in there. You're going into places doing backflips off of stages. I know if you got in a motorcycle accident, like that's no big deal. What's the worst that could happen to me? I could do a backflip, even if I, you know, whatever, I'll be all right. So you're going in. You're putting yourself out there, yeah. to to do this, um, you know, and 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 I'm believing that God's going to give you. He's going to open even more doors for you, yeah, to do that and and to be bold. And, and I can see. I know just from the look on your face, you want to you want to take those risks for Christ. And it's no big deal for you. Yeah. And, and I think God's going to open those doors. So, you know, so lead us home, brother. And if, if you me. want to invite people to come to know Christ, just yeah. lead us home and whatever you, whatever way you want to you do know,
1: that. He met me right where I was at. And that's the thing about God. he says, come as you are, but I, but don't expect to stay that way. You know, I, I just want to encourage people out there today. If you're listening, um, you know, the Bible says, if you know the truth, the truth sets you free, which also means a lie the lie you've been telling yourself, the lie you've been telling us can keep you bound. But if you skip back a verse, it says, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know that tr- then you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth. Then the truth will set you free, it's a process, but the process always starts with holding the word first. Yeah. And how can you expect to hold the word with having this hand filled up with trash and this hand filled up with trash? Hmm. You have no room to hold. it. Yeah. To- so I want to, I want to encourage us today. If you're out there right now, um, I want us to open our hands and let go of what you've been holding on to. Cause God has so much in store for you. And He's just He's literally just looking mm. for the one to produce the one. And you can only produce what's inside of you. Not what's not that fake facade TikTok Instagram filtered life. No, 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 no. He he made you impressive. So he wants to speak to the real you. He wants to know the real you that he created. And he's saying, hey, I need that you. That you is called that you. I gifted that you. I need you. And this world needs you. And, you know, it's God has called you. And the thing about God, he, he doesn't need your permission, but he would like your cooperation. So if you're there today, I want us to open our hands and say, God, I give you all that I am all that I will be help me to reach the lost. Help me to reach the people that need you. We only love because you first loved us. So fill us full of your inner peace, your power, your presence and your anointing today. Send us, allow us to speak boldly because The Holy Spirit lives inside of us today. God, we ask for a boldness like never before. That you would just take over our thoughts, our minds. God, and you would just flood our atmosphere.
0: In Jesus' name, may we never be the same. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, my friend, it was uh, great talking with you, man. Uh, really enjoyed having you on the show. Give you another round of applause here. Appreciate it. <laughs> this won't be the last time. I can... Yeah, that's right, man. I, I love it, and uh, you know, man, I, I know God's got a plan for this community, and God's got a plan for this world. And uh, you know, I I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to give up on it yet. That's that's why I'm here preaching because I think we've got a, a next generation that we've got to fight for. So I want to encourage you to fight for that generation. If you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're a kid, if you're a teenager, fight for your own generation, because nobody's going to fight for you. And uh, do that by inviting the Lord in, In invite the Lord of life, the Lord who created you into your life, invite him into your community, invite him into your school. Invite him him everywhere. Take Jesus with you everywhere that you go, because he is with you always. And preach the gospel everywhere, to everyone, whenever possible. We love you. Peace out. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share this if you found it enjoyable. We'll see you next time. God bless.